Hey, this is Danielle Peterson with Wild Soul Living. Today, I'm going to be uh, doing a meditation on mind magic, the ecstasy of freeing creative power. It's inspired by um, Bill Harvey's book. And uh, let's see, so today... I wanted to take you through a, a exercise that will um, but uh, it's designed to break out some of the programming, some of the conditionings and where you can actually improve um, or allow a wider range of material through your consciousness. I know, sounds sounds pretty big, but um, the invitation is to try it out, try it on. Um, and so the idea is to make conscious that which is unconscious so that we can live more broadly. And so sometimes in order to do that, what we need to do is figure out our own programming based on um, your actions. And what I like to say is, and what I do with my clients is, I feel as though that I teach them how to track themselves. Um, So the idea is to reverse engineer the original process by which you were programmed. And it starts at birth. It starts from the moment we enter the the world here. And so often the earliest experiences we've had um, have intense amount of programming power and um, it kind of lays the the groundwork for the rest of our lives, so to say. Um, That's why um, parenting issues are um, so prevalent. Um, They did very much shape us in a lot of ways. And so every experience you've ever had has programmed you in a certain way. And, um, and so with our conscious mind, and that's what these exercises do is to bring forth the conscious mind, uh, acts as a willing, uh, accomplice to allow us to forget, um, So what else do I want to say on this? Um, So this idea of making these conscious will allow you to decide whether or not you want to continue acting in the same way. And in doing so, it will expand your unis to essentially include more of you. And when I say include more of you, it's the, um, the truer essence. And once you have this, it will bring more action under the control of your will. And so in Bill's book, he calls this the, he refers to us as afraid to sound stupid programming that we have. Um, And the example he gives is that you're listening to small voices in your head. You're aware that many small voices that you strain to hear are seemingly suppressed by something else in your head. And so you struggle to focus on the small voices and manage to bring them to the verbal conscious level. And then 
they seem obvious and, and trivial statements come up and and he notes this as the stupidity program inside our heads which which basically attempts to drown out these important statements before you can verbalize them, therefore keeping us stupid. And so he talks about the Afraid to Sound Stupid program, um, and which basically we screen out pre-verbal ideas and make them trivial. So I want to take you through an exercise um, for you to um, fool your own Afraid to Sound Stupid program. Um, in hopes that we can strive to verbalize or at least visualize all the impulses that uh, you can potentially detect um, forming in your mind and you can catch them instant by instance. And so in this exercise, it's useful to set aside um, perhaps a regular time in which um, to exercise um, this so you are not distracted um, and really the only tools that you need is um, to focus is on your own frame by frame head action and so as you continue to do this it will gradually increase your ability to um, follow the action um, in the face of any outside uh, distractions And so this gets a little heady, but just go ahead and, and get kind of in a meditative state and, and embody these words as I take you through this. And just kind of uh, the invitation here is to try it on. So say you have a thought which you are ashamed of because it sounds ignorant or and then you tighten up a particular valve um, in your body which lets through the impulses from from the hidden parts of your mind into your conscious mind okay and so this creates a situation of uh, a premature edit in effect you allow the valve to decide on what is worthy of being let through okay so just see if you can try that on and then when we do this, the valve, however, makes the decision based on the feel of this, of being ashamed using this example. And so it edits our thoughts, which are our tentative voices, that which we seem to be what they are not in thoughts which sound obvious and trivial, naive, or, um, and so what it does is it cuts out much, cuts out much that, that should actually get, get through and it gets somewhat trapped in our, in our bodies. And it's a protection mechanism. And so we then discard the certain thoughts and we use others. 
and then over time as this continues thus that's what creates the program and so sometimes in in some cases too much too much can also be let through resulting in a um, info rush paralysis in which um, the person can't handle all the data demanding his or her um, attention and so in this case the the valve is in existence and in order to guard against the info rush paralysis and so so often the the valve is is often mis misused um, either letting too little or too much flow through and so one idea or technique for avoiding premature edits is to perhaps write down whatever comes into your mind and to do this writing as quickly as possible without reading what you're writing and to avoid the temptation to stop and look back what you've written until the flow of words itself stops for a few moments. So this is a method. Um, it's possible to become um, more single-pointed with the attention, so focus on the little voices inside and then eventually, by doing this, you can get in a little bit more of a trance-like, flowy state. Let's see, what else do I want to say on this? And so sometimes then, um, with a single-pointed, more, more focus, um, the conscious mind can become aware of the contact which has already gone past and, and, and starts to take, take notice, um, if that makes sense. So the, the smallest inner voice is that of um, what Bill calls is the master. And so the master is the voice of the universe. And so when we identify with this voice, um, we can become congruent with the will of the universe. I know, pretty big concept, but, and, and so this, this idea that this voice is incapable of giving you any bad advice and all that comes from this voice, you will instantly recognize as, as clearly right from every standpoint. And so what sometimes happens with this valve is um, we scare away this voice. And so in order not to scare away this voice, we must listen attentively for it. And in order to do that, we must quiet the mind. And then when you begin to hear any voices, to avoid the tendency to look sharply at them or comment on them with your conscious mind. And imagine that you are looking not at them, but near them in order to see them better. And so as I'm speaking this, just go ahead and, and try that on to see if you can listen attentively and quiet your mind and allow the voices to come online and not looking at them sharply and see if you can imagine that you're looking not at them but near them and so that you can see them better. 
And so notice if your conscious mind blurts out some, some commentary, which is inedible um, for some time, simply um, just simply quiet it and, and just get more quiet and temper yourself with any harshness or self-criticism um, that will often scare away the master voice. And so in this practice of silent listening, it's a way, way to hear the master. And so in doing this, the body should be um, parked and forgotten, is what Bill says that, and the senses should be turned off to any sort of external reality. So it's a very deep internal silent listening and then what comes through you can write it down as a direct response to this inner communication and when you write it down it's very important to not think about what you're writing and do not look for opportunities to um, knock off any corners just really capturing the pure information coming through and to not read the words and not worry about spelling or making sense and when the stream stops itself for a long enough period and that you're sure that it that there is a break you might at that point go back and look what you have written and when you do that, often what happens, it might trigger a new stream. And if it does, you should go back into the writing trance. And so the idea here is to continue with this process until no further information is forthcoming or until you feel exhausted or satisfied with the amount that you have to analyze. And you can also do this with a recording yourself as well. And so what often happens is the information will tend to drift in and you'll hear some sort of revelation, probably about yourself at first and then maybe others. And um, often you, you'll come away with um, getting a little excited or a aha. And you might have thoughts like, oh, yeah, that's great. Um, well, that's a good thought. I, I have to remember that. And, and don't worry about trying to remember all the, the thoughts, but just really, most importantly, trust the process and patiently wait. And this last thought will almost always return at appropriate time later. And build talks, you will lose nothing forever that you, that you need to have. So just really trust that. 
and um, a couple other points. After recapturing a thought, you may decide that the risk of losing it again is too great, or you may discover that you have too many things that you want to remember, and you may then decide to suspend the listening and write some things down. That's okay. And in order to minimize the interruptions when you're doing this, do not try to write in whole sentences, but but merely just the trigger words, and so that you can come back to it later to blow out the particular concepts. Like just the, the tip of the iceberg, so to say. So yeah, so um, try that on. Um, love any feedback or comments on how this is working out for you. And um, please subscribe to my, my channel. And I look forward to do more of these recordings for you.